Welcome to the first ever episode of the Rutgers Rash Podcast. I'm Boomhauer. I'm joined by my co-host Dalton Gange. How you doing? And we're just going to be talking everything Rutgers, everything you want to know from the football team to the best bars on campus to the hottest sorority on campus. And in fact, we have an interview with Eric Legrand today and we address this topic this long debated topic of the hottest sorority on Rutgers campus and he, he's got some thoughts what did you think about the interview I thought it was great and uh, I think you're gonna be uh, I think you'll be happy with it absolutely couldn't agree more so uh, without further ado let's hop right into it we're here with Eric Legrand Rutgers favorite son Eric how you doing today man doing great man can't complain how are you I'm great man thanks for coming on so uh, earlier, early June, it was the sixth annual Walk to Believe. Took place at High Point. If you don't know what it is, I don't know how you wouldn't know what it is if you go to Rutgers. But it's a 5K benefiting Team Legrand and the Christopher Reeve, Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. And uh, can you give us any update on how that went? Yeah, but this year, you know, we we had to weather the storm a little bit. We had rain in our forecast, but tell you what, a lot of people handled that adversity well. And they came out there and still supported me. We had a great turnout this year. You know, our goal was to raise $100,000, but I think the weather held us back a little bit. But I believe we hit around 85000 this year, and we definitely would have went well over it if we would have had a nice day. But, hey, can't control Mother Nature sometimes, and we still raise a good, a good chunk of change right there. So next year is going to make it even better. That's serious weight, man. So you could still text the grant to 20222 if you want to donate, correct? Absolutely, yeah, that's always the text to give is always always going around. You know, we check that monthly, but people want to want to still give. You can go there, or you can just go to my website, actually teamlegrand.org, and you can give a small donation to you know to help me and so many other people out. So I really do appreciate all the help and the support that I've been getting. Yeah, absolutely. Anything helps, right? Absolutely. All right. So uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but earlier this month, CBS Dennis Dodd reported that two committees college football committees were considering banning kickoffs. You know, given your history with kickoffs, like, what, do you think that's a good idea? I, I don't think it's a good idea. You know, a lot of people make their homes on special teams and make impact plays, and a lot of things can happen on special teams that can change a game. And something like kickoff, you never know what, what can happen. You know, I know it's a dangerous, dangerous situation, especially as you get older. You know, you got grown men running full speed at each other from you know longer distances, but I think it's one of the one of the biggest uh, parts of the game that sometimes gets overlooked. But it's a crucial moment in it. And a lot, of, like I said, a lot of people, especially in the NFL, make their home their home on special teams. You know, Devin Hester wouldn't be who he is without that without special teams. So I don't think it's a good idea. I know injuries do happen. I just I feel like my injury happened for a reason. So I don't think that this should be you know this you should you know take away kickoffs and kickoff returns from the game. So so advocates for the ban, they're kind of they're going to use you as an example of kind of uh, the perverse nature that are that is inherent in kickoffs. If if you could say something mm-hmm. to the advocates for the ban, what would you say? I'll say take it from the guy who got hurt on the, on the on the play. I don't think it should be done and I'll explain it the same way I just explained it to you and, uh, and the reasons why. And like I said, you know, it is a da- it is a dangerous play, but the game of football is a dangerous game, and you can get hurt on any type of way. You can get hurt 
on a toss play or on a pass play or any other type of way. But you know, taking off the taking out kickoffs, that's that's just taking away a big part of the game that can have a huge factor in determining the outcome of a game. Exactly. And speaking speaking of factors for Rutgers, Janarian Grant, he's probably our most explosive player. Yep. <laughs> Without kickoffs, we're probably we were four and eight last year. We're probably two and nine. So. <laughs> But, but that, that kid makes great plays. That kid, that's what he does. It's, he's a specialist. You know, he makes great plays on punt return and also kick return. So take that away from the game. That's taking the majority of his of his play in the game. Hopefully, we'll see a lot more this year. But that's what he does. It looks like if you took away kickoffs, 2016 Rutgers Scholar Knights might be in a little bit of trouble. But segueing into Rutgers football 2016. What what are our biggest strengths and what is our biggest weaknesses in your eyes? You know, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see that with the with the new staff on how on how on how they implicate the new offense and the new defense to see what's going to be our biggest strengths. You know, and our, and our weaknesses right now. You know, going from our pro style offense to uh, spread offense, you automatically you look right at the quarterback. Do you have a uh, athletic enough quarterback to play that position? So you look and see if that is that's going to be one of your weaknesses or that's going to be your strength. Switching from a pro style to a spread, and right now you know it's it's yet to be determined because we have yet to see it down to football. So it should be very interesting, and so should this summer camp. You know, with the four quarterbacks going at it, and then on the strong side, I would say you lean on the, your veterans that you know that they have a lot of playing time, even though they may have to adjust a little bit. And that's the defensive line. They have a lot of lot of downs on on a, and a lot of mileage in their bag on that defensive line, so you lean on them because they've been around it the most, and you just hope that they can adjust to the new coaches staff the right way and be mature and get those young guys to come along with them. Yeah, I agree. It seems like because Kyle Flood obviously had the pro style offense, so he recruited a certain type of athlete, and now we're switching to a spread. It's kind of like we have a mm-hmm. bunch of O's for a square hole, and. We'll really have to rise up to the occasion to to show that we can win. But QB battle right now is kind of up in the air. If if you had to make a prediction, who would you say is the starting quarterback September third? If I had to make a prediction, well, coming out of spring, I would have said Labiano. But now, yeah, I add Kyle Allen to the mix, and who's been in the offense before. It should be very interesting going into into this uh, into this summer to see what he can do, and also to see if the other quarterbacks, you know, made some progression. You know, Hayden Redding. And you know the other one, you make some progression going forward. So it should be very interesting. I'm like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing the QB battles as I go to some of the practices and seeing how they adjusted to more of the spread offense and seeing how Kyle Allen is doing also too as a transfer. Yeah, uh, Zach Allen transferred from TCU. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Kyle, I'm no, sorry. you talk about yeah. Kyle Allen from A&M, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, no, you're good. Being in the college game, I. Being in the college game now, man, I get all these names confused sometimes. But, yeah, Zach Allen, I'm sorry. Oh, it's, it's honestly the parents' fault. They need to mix it up. So <laughs> don't blame me, bro. But Zach Allen coming from TCU, not many people know this, but he played wide receiver at TCU. So it's not like he doesn't have wheels. And what a spread offense needs at quarterback is a guy that can throw the ball and can run the ball. And I think it's – I honestly think it's a foregone conclusion that Zach Allen's going to be trotting out there with the first team September 3rd in Washington. But, I mean, we'll see. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he graduated from TCU in three years, so it's not like he, 
he's not it's not like he's a dumb kid and can't pick up the playbook. But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Laviano's coming back with experience with the receivers. There's there's still a lot to go through. So. There's, a, there's a whole lot to be determined and a lot of answers to be made in this these next few weeks weeks or I should say a month away from, you know, the first game. But it's all interesting stuff and it's exciting stuff that the fan base should be all excited about. Exactly. I I'm pretty excited. But uh so this week media day concluded in Chicago and we had a we had a couple interesting quotes. One from a defensive lineman, Julian Penix Odrick. He uh when asked about what change the biggest change from last year to this year, this is what he said. Uh to piggyback off what Darius said, it's it's the culture that's being built. And sometimes you get lost in the thoughts as a player when you hear so much leadership and so much, oh, we'll believe in the program and believe in the plan. Um, but I think the consistency that Coach Ash brings his plan with, uh, guys are really starting to buy in. So it's not so much a new regiment, but it's becoming who we are, the foundation of our team. So, I mean, it's obvious. 2015, we could blame it on the sauce. We got our team, <laughs> we were lost in the sauce. But what what do you mean, think he meant when he said that in the changing culture? You know, it means, you know, coming from a different staff, you know, being with, with Coach Flood, obviously they had different rules and different ways that they went about their businesses, and now you got a new staff coming in, and they didn't go about a total different way because, you know, obviously the, the other way wasn't working the way that they wanted it to, so now you bring in other different ways, and now you got to do, you got to kind of figure out, all right, how do I go about this? You know, about first three, four years, I was doing this, and I was taught that. Now I have a new staff here, and they're coming with all a bunch of different things now, different methods, different ways that you go about the program and how to build it up and develop your players. Now I got to get used to this. And, you know, as you try, like I said, as him being a veteran, you hope that he would pick up on that fast and can just, and try to help the younger guys out along the way. So that's what I mean. think he means there, you know, they learned so much and everything was, you know, about to chop for so many years. And now you come in, you get a whole new staff and everything kind of gets wiped out and just everything is new. And you got to pick up on that real fast. I mean, absolutely. I mean, the swagger that these coaches have brought in is absolutely hypnotic. And, I mean, that's evident in our recruiting for the 2017 class. I mean, right now we're ranked number 20 in the nation. We're ahead of Penn State, Arkansas, Oregon, Texas, USC. Let's let's flash back to when Eric LeGrand was a 17-year-old. Let's say you had offers to uh, Arizona State, Florida State, and Rutgers. And you see what this staff is doing through Instagram, through social media, how much swagger they're bringing to the program. How how does that influence your decision? Oh, man. With the new new staff, that's what it's all about, being a part of trying to be the first one to do everything. And that was one of the reasons why I chose Rutgers. You know, I wanted to be one of the first teams to win a Big East title here and try to bring, bring Rutgers to a national championship and keep on building their brand. I wanted to be the first to do it. And you see the way that these coaches are bringing, you know, bringing these guys along and showing them how much they care about them being on Twitter, tweeting every time you get a new commit, or you see what the the competitions are going to bring them, bringing the fans more inside the program to make them feel like they were a part of everything. They're they're being exposed a lot. And I think that's that's what it's all about. You want to be exposed. You want people to see you working. You want to see how you compete with everything. As you see, they're competing with arm wrestling contests and, you know, during the week. Things like that, you can tell it's a competitive nature, and that's what it's all about, trying to be the best you can be on a daily basis. And you know you got to bring it here. You're all each day because you never know when you're gonna, your name is going to get called out to wherever, whatever competition it is. 
And I exactly. think that's what, what attracts these recruits. I think that's what's attracting these recruits. You know, it's fun. You see these guys, you see these players having fun and competing against each other. And when you win, everyone's celebrating. And that's what it's all about, man. And then you put the music to it too. That gets you hyped up and ready for the season. And that's what it's all about. And these recruits are seeing that. And I, I believe we're going we're gonna to keep on fencing the garden like Coach Ash wants to do. Keep these guys home. I couldn't agree more. I, I think to a 17-year-old, perception is reality. And what they see mm-hmm. right now on Rutgers, we, we've been staying out of the bad news and the crime column for a while now. But now we're seeing, mm-hmm. like, these awesome videos. And you know what? It looks like a fun place to be. So that's, that's mm-hmm. a plus, and I love the coaching staff for that. So it's, is that, it's just that that energy, that energy that they're bringing. You, it's you know, it makes you want to be around it. It's you know, it's it brings makes you want to be in it, be around it, be a part of it, and then then what makes you want to win? You want you want to be the one that everyone's jumping on when you win the arm wrestling contest or or whatever, playing basketball with the team or wrestling with the tire. You want you want to be. You think of it as a seventeen year old kids. You think of yourself after you win that battle. And everyone jumping on you, and that's what it's all about. Couldn't agree more, man. All right, so getting into a little, getting out of football talk, we're going to talk about Rutgers just in general now. All right, so Mm -hmm. you went to Rutgers. You obviously know the amount of sorority women that roam and own this campus. So let's say for, (laughs) let's say you see the most stunning woman you've ever seen in your life. She's in a sorority. You, You don't know what sorority she's in. What sorority do you think she did? Ah, well, no disrespect to any of the other sororities, but when I was there, I just remember some of the smoke shows from ZTA, man. They were always throwing up their little crown, and I was like, dang, some good-looking women in that in that sorority right there. No, like I said, no disrespect to the other ones, but I definitely noticed the one, girls in ZTA when I was there. My top three is probably Phi Sigma Sigma. It's honestly Gamma Phi Beta. There are some foxes okay. in that sorority, man. I, I would honestly put Gamma Phi Beta number two, and then I put ZTA number three. But I, oh, well. soft, I have a soft spot in my heart for Phi Sigma Sigma because uh, I was on spring break a couple years ago, and there was a couple mm-hmm. sisters from uh, University of Texas. And uh-huh. that was about the closest I ever got to a threesome, but I blew it. Uh, you know, the tequila, <laughs> the tequila came back, man. So I was... I went to the bathroom to throw up, and then I just shit my pants. And that was, oh man, that was about after that. It's time to go home, man. It's time to call it call it a day or night, whatever it is. But <laughs> man, that's rough. But but yeah, I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna go with your top three because, like I said, you're, you're around it more now. But like I said, when I was there, I saw a lot of those ZTA girls, and they were they were phenomenal when I was there. So. I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna listen with you though. With your top three, man, you're the expert. I'm gonna just follow your steps. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna crack under pressure though, dog. I'm not gonna crack. <laughs> <laughs> hey man. All right. <laughs> awesome. So, post Super Bowl, Broncos won. You've been a lifelong Broncos fan since I think Terrell mm-hmm. Davis, right? Yes, sir. yeah. Terrell Davis was my guy growing up. All right, man. So you put a video on Twitter of you just gassing a Budweiser. And the official time, <laughs> I timed it, so it was official. It was 10 seconds. Have you made any adjustments to improve that time? I I had, I was in my glory. I'll tell you what, man. I was in my glory as a diehard fan. And, and my man Peyton Manning, I remember he said that he was going to chug a Bud Light 
I believe it was two years ago after or when they lost in 2013, but it was in the AFC Championship that he was going to go home and check a butt bite. So I made sure I had me a butt heavy waiting waiting for, it. and I said when they win, I'm taking it down. And I got I think I yeah I got it in ten seconds. I don't know if I improved my time yet from that though, but I was I had I had so much adrenaline going, so I took it down in ten seconds. Man. It was, it was amazing, man. I, I was really happy for Peyton, man. He's a good guy. Um, last that's question, my, that's my boy. Last question here. Everyone wants to know this. What is Eric Legrand's favorite bar in New Brunswick? Come on now, man. It's got it's got to be Old Queens, man. I've I've been up in there. I I found a way to. I've never been in there before my injury, but after my injury, they put up the ramp on the side door where I get in there. And as soon as I roll up in there, forget it. We it's just a party. I remember when I got signed by the Buccaneers. We popped champagne bottles in there. At first, they started yelling at us, but then they realized what we were celebrating. They just let us keep on popping more bottles of champagne. And now I've had some crazy nights leaving. Leaving Queens, so definitely uh, gotta be gotta go with the old Queens. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I always say if you haven't pissed in every alley in New Brunswick, have you really even gone to Rutgers? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I've definitely that. But you know what? I'll, I'll say my favorite part is I don't know if you're a happy hour god. I'm I'm a disciple of the happy hour gods, man. I tell okay. you what. Olive Branch, if you ever get a chance, they got dollar fifty coors. Oh, yeah, man, fifty cent pizza slices, man. I saw, I heard about Olive Branch. One of my old teammates, my friend, we call him D Watt. His name is Devin Watkins. He used to be a a bouncer there, and I actually know the owner's daughter there too. So I heard great things about Olive Branch. I just never been able to find a way to get in there with my wheelchair because the stairs are steep. But if I get a longer ramp, I heard I can get in there. I mean, I heard. Nothing but great things about Olive Branch. Hey man, you let me know. We'll just we'll will you in there. Just straight heart and grit. We'll will you in there. <laughs> just lift me up and just carry me in there. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Hey, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. All right, man. Take it easy. Hell of an interview by Eric. I mean, when you're interviewing someone, you want them to be as candid as possible, and I would say he you can't get any more candid than he got in that interview. What do you think? I just appreciate his honesty more than anything. Uh, he really gave his in- insight on the uh, whole special teams kickoff return. And here's a guy that uh, is a great spokesperson for it, and he's all for it. He's all he's all for it, uh, um, keeping it in the game. Exactly. How vital it is. I know, and people want it. They'll probably use him. Advocates for the band are probably going to use him as a primary example, but he wants them to know that he is not on their side. And I, I appreciate him taking a stand like that. But let's hop right into Rutgers football this year. Uh, we open up the season in Washington. Uh, we're 24-point dogs. 24 and a half. 24. Ah, shit. When it gets that high, it doesn't even matter. But you know what? I'll say that is an easy bet for money right there because there is no way in hell we're going to lose by 24 points. I know... It's just the amount of swagger that's invigorated this this team. I don't see them if they lose. I could see them losing, but not by twenty four points. So your prediction, week one lock, yeah. Rutgers. Hey, blood bank guarantee. I'll put that. <laughs> I'll put my tuition on that one. We do not. We do not lose to Washington twenty four and a half by twenty four and a half points. But 
you know what, Washington, they're a great team. They're they're predicted by some to win the Pac-12, and it's because they're returning all their starters. But you know what, I like. I'm always been a fan of the team that goes, that plays with nothing to lose. I think that's what Rutgers is going to be doing that day. They're going. What do they got to lose, really? I mean, we've lost everything. These guys are going to be playing with their hair on fire, and they're going to want to play for Coach Ash hard. And that's as a coach, I think that's the biggest compliment you can get is that your players play hard for you, and they're going to play hard for him. I can already tell. So what type of wager would you be willing to put? If I were to lose that spread, I mean, I'd be willing maybe to get a tattoo. If, But it'd have to be something. I, we'd have to talk about it. And it'd be, it'd have to be like... Are you going to put an on for Hillary? Oh, hell no, man. I ain't doing that. I will, I'll probably get it on my ass, first of all. And it'll probably be, you know what, you know what it will be? It'll be Rutgers class of 2015, and then cross out the five, put six. Cross out the six, put seven. Victory that, lap. That might be... A little victory lap in yeah. there while you're at it. That might be... That, I, I, could, I could get down with that. But I, I'm not losing that bet. We do not lose by 24 and a half points. And you want to know why? It's because we're going to have Zach Allen at the reins running this offense. Offense that nobody has seen yet, so they don't really know what the game plan against. And knowing Coach Ash, he's probably not going to say that, who the starting quarterback is until the TV station shows... The first play of our offense. So, what I'm saying is that no way we lose by 24 and a half to uh, to Washington. But hey, we might lose. But I really I like our chances. I there's something there's a sexiness about being the underdog. It's sure. every I mean everyone wants the underdog to win, especially you know Rutgers got a new staff. I can't I can honestly see us winning that game and and turning a lot of heads and then we go on a we play Howard. We'll we'll beat them, blow them out of the water. Hopefully, shit. If we if we don't win that game, we'll quit the podcast. But then we we play New Mexico. Who I hope we don't underrate them because New Mexico is a very good football team. Great season last year. Lost to Arizona by a touchdown in the uh, Arizona Bowl last year. And Arizona is a damn good team. A team that played in the Fiesta Bowl the year prior, but. If we if we could beat Iowa, if we could start the season four and if if the Big Ten doesn't want anything to do with Rutgers this year, do not let Rutgers start four and Wow, that's very lofty, lofty goals. With college football, it's about motivation. You know, these guys aren't getting paid. Well, if they are, I mean, it, if they are, it might explain our 2017 recruiting class so far. But you know what? Fuck it. Why why not why not us? So let's let's hop into the other part of the interview. With uh, the the bars around New Brunswick, I think. All right, so my top three bars would probably go Olive Branch, Stuff Your Face. There's nothing like going to Stuff Your Face on a beautiful summer day, midday, going outside on the patio, having a pitcher by yourself, maybe. I I could get I've gassed a pitcher by myself at Stuff Your Face, but that's I digress. But there. That's why I like stuff your face, and then thir- I put third old queens. Honestly, I know everyone loves to say old queens, but th- is it old queens? You're telling me old queens is a fun place to be at at 12:30 in the morning on a Friday night when everyone's in there is packed like sardines. I don't think any bar is, to be honest with you. Exactly. That's why I don't like old queens, because personally, my looks—I'm not a Casanova by any means, but 
what helps me with the female population is I, I like to think I have a way with words. And I can't talk to women in Old Queens. It's too loud. The music's pumping. And that goes for Scarlet Pub, Nightclub. You know, Olive Branch is kind of a traditional bar. You could talk to people. And that's where I, that's kind of my wheelhouse right there. Stuff your face is the same way. But Old Queens, and I, the, I only throw Old Queens in there is because on Friday happy hour, people don't know this because Olive Branch has obviously the best happy hour. But Old Queens gives out free hamburgers on happy hour on Friday. Did you know that? No, I didn't. No, no. Exactly. I'm usually, I'm usually out of here by then. But well, I think the uh, happy hour in OB is is definitely off the hook. Absolutely. And um, I, uh, I I enjoy that. I usually hit there after classes on a uh, on a Thursday night or something. And um, but uh, back in the day, it was uh, the Melody Bar and um, Court Tavern. And there was some, there was some, there was some good times in those bars. There's some good bands. A lot, a lot of great music came out of New Brunswick. A lot of people don't realize that, uh, like Glenn Burtnick and the Slaves of New Brunswick. Um, <clears throat> bon Jovi even played it at, at Melody Bar before, before my time, but, but still, when they were up and coming. Yeah, obviously. Right, um, sorority stuff now, right? Yeah, and Eric, Eric said uh, ZTA was the top sorority of his time, and. Uh, you know, like I said, my story with Five Sigma Sigma, I always have a soft spot for them, and I don't want to piss off the Greek gods and put them low on my shit list of sororities. But you know what? I met a girl from ZTA last semester, and I swear to God, that girl walked with her nose so high in the air that she could drown in a rainstorm. <laughs> and that, you know what? Like, and she wasn't even that, like, sexy. I mean, don't get me wrong. She was much hotter than I was. That's kind of... It left a bad taste for ZTA in my mouth. Well, that's also the Jersey girl, too. You know, the, the sense of entitlement. You know what? So, what? The impression I got was that ZTA thinks their shit don't stink. And so that's why they got the bronze on the uh, on the, the Boomhauer sorority shit list. But, but what about you? Tell me about your experiences with sorority women. I do know plenty of women that are in sororities, and they've all been super cool to me. Um, and uh, I can't even tell you which ones they're in. I don't know. I don't know anything from. I just don't pay attention to it. But uh, everyone I've met has been uh, way cool. And um, yeah, there's some. Uh, there, there's definitely some showstoppers when you're driving down College Ave. You got to pay attention if you're driving. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, Rutgers, is, I think we're very underrated on the, uh, the attractiveness of our sororities. And I've been meaning to see us on smoke shows of the day, but it seems like the hottest women, uh, they don't really post pictures on Instagram. And they're probably smart for that. But as for me, you know, posting smoke shows of the day, it, it kind of gets hard. But anyways, let's just... Uh, Let's hop into, I mean, what else we got? I think we're done. Yeah, that was a great interview with Eric. Um, you know, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Great guy. And um, hopefully we can do some more stuff like that uh, in the future. Yeah. We'll cover uh, some pr pro sports this fall. Remember to f uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm about to make it. I haven't done it yet because, uh, you know, I've, I'm just kind of, lazy as fuck but whatever i'll get it done eventually it's gonna be called the Rutgers rash podcast and uh you know who we want 
on our next podcast. One of Rucker's most favorite daughters. Her name's Joanna Angel. And uh, if you don't know who Joanna Angel is, just uh, go on Pornhub, search Joanna Angel, and uh, you'll know all about her. And I think uh, I just want to know if Rutgers had a hand. This in- podcast is going down like JFK Jr. right now. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're, we're really kind of going down the rabbit hole. Okay. But you know what? Rate us, review us. If you don't like us, tell us you don't like us. You know what? That's fine. I mean, I don't really care. So uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.